Welcome to Happy Today podcast. This is a podcast for those who want to improve service experience of internal services. If you use ServiceNow or other enterprise service management system, then this is for you. In this episode, 75% of all the feedback that the, that the people are giving from IT services is positive one. Welcome to Happy Today podcast. This is the part two of Roy Atkinson. All right, then uh, um, I think also part of the motivation then uh, that employee experience gives and the focus on that, it kind of relates to to the to the kind of uh, rapid feedback play. Um, some of it like like uh, part of it is is, uh, is now if we talk about service desk, how to motivate your agents. You were giving the auto stats, how does it improve the, uh, the company, you know, performance and, and, and all that. But also uh, that rapid feedback, because we see that it's over 75% of all the feedback that the, that the people are giving from IT services because they are doing such an amazing job is positive one. And as an agent, if you get all that positive feedback, it just allow, it kind of creates you to, to do a better job. The next ticket you get, the next case you get. So what other kind of roles does the rapid feedback play in both employee and, and uh, customer experience? Well, I think the way that you improve something is by getting feedback and making small changes. And so if if you're waiting for a quarterly or a semi-annually or an annual feedback report, uh, first of all, half of what employees went through at a particular time is going to be lost. They're not going to remember the experience. They're not going to remember that emotional component that we talked about earlier. Uh, they're going to forget what, what the issue was. I know I was mad at IT, but I don't remember why. <clears throat> and so that's important time-wise, but also that the idea that you can you can then make your improvements smaller and more frequently, it's the DevOps approach, yep. right? You iterate rapidly with constant feedback loops. In order to get those rapid feedback loops, you have to have a mechanism and you have to do it you know as frequently as you possibly can. Um, there are some organizations, as you know, that uh, take some kind of a pulse daily and say, how are you feeling today as opposed to yesterday? Or what are some specific things, some specific measurements that we might take that uh, indicate that you're, uh, you're, you're okay today, you're, you're doing well today. Um, but it's, it's exceedingly important to get that as close to real time as possible so that you're getting an accurate picture of how people are feeling. What's the happiness level now, as opposed to what it was yesterday? That's that's really important. Yeah, and Sami, I guess you could maybe say, say like, how, how do we kind of put our experience management process? How do we see those, the donut thing that we are talking about it? I think it kind of goes to what, what Roy was just saying about DevOps and, and all that rapid, quick, small improvement <clears throat> things. Yeah, so it's for, for us more and more, it's it's what we do and what we help customers to do is is not really measure things, because I, I think it's many people have said that the worst thing to do is measure and not use it. But the, the thing is that we kind of see the whole thing in in four different parts. So measure, which in fact for us is the easy part, kind of getting enough data you can trust it and that kind of stuff. But then sharing it is very 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 crucial because. If we come back to the where we started, this podcast was the that 
there are so many points in the organization seeing it from their own perspective and different view to that. So sharing it to different directors, different teams, different owners of services, different supervisors, whoever, that they can look at it from, from their own team perspective. What is the thing me and my team <clears throat> is creating and responsible? And then the whole culture starts to change because everybody is starting to see what is wrong from the experience perspective, what I could do better. And that starts to kind of change it slowly. <clears throat> but if you don't get them to transparently see all the time what is going on, might still be that there is one guy owning the experience, which is sometimes is, is a question that is asked from us, which I hate, is that who should own the experience? I said, nobody mm -hmm. or everybody. Everybody, right, exactly. And that's what I was talking about before, the difference between customer experience design and customer experience. The customer owns that experience, right? It's your experience, it's my experience. It's possibly we don't, we don't care about, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, uh, but. But it's, you know, you own that uh, and, and it's your interface with the organization and, and I agree with you. And there's a couple of things about measuring that are important. First of all, you're absolutely right. If, you, if you're not going to use this and take advantage of it to make improvements, what is the point? And that's, a, that's something I've been talking about for way too long in IT, right? <laughs> Uh, but the, the other, another uh, thing about measurement is that uh, you know Stuart Rance, of, of course, and Stuart and I uh, discussed Goodhart's Law. And uh, it's an obsession with people, especially in the support side of an IT organization, to say we need to have 76% first call resolution. Got to have it. As soon as you create that as a goal, you've disabled the metric. It no longer is valuable because... Now you're forcing it. Uh, you know, it's that over here in, in, in this country, we have uh, car dealerships. When you buy from a car dealer, that you will in, invariably get a salesperson saying, you have to give me a 10 on my review, otherwise I won't get my bonus next month. Well, you know, then that, then that 10 is meaningless. If you're bribing me to give it to you, it's meaningless. If you make that a metric, a goal, it ceases to be a valid metric basically. So that's an important consideration for people. Yeah. I think that is a good kind of the next one in, in our donut, how we describe it is, is identify. So setting one targets and be happy if you are in a certain happy level, it kind of is not the point. It always to find areas what you should do and what you could do better. And, and that is the right attitude, I think, in, in employee experience and then developing whatever experience is kind of it doesn't matter what is your overall level but to really be developing services, you would always find out what you could do better and focus on those things, small actions, uh, finding right problems, getting those to the continuous improvement process and however you work, but always selecting your fights in a way from the value, from the experience perspective. And then that's kind of the loop because then you do the improvements and then it starts to go around. And if you get that to be really the so that is kind of what we call as an employee experience management. So measurement is just to get the data in, but really to have those, how you use it is, is the thing that makes us happy that when, when that starts to happen and you start to see it and hear from our customers that, hey, now there was this and this finding, what I didn't know anything about, but my team found this and that. Then we know that, okay, we have been able to really create something that is now focused on the experience and, and start to be that we really can call experience management. 
And that's why I'm I sorry. like that. That's that's like so that. big thing that's why I like me, the so. correlation to kind of DevOps, uh, the infinite cycle that you just do it all the time. And it's not like that, hey, we got to this level, now we are happy. It's, mm. you know, expectations change. There happens to be a pandemic. You know, I think maybe now even during the pandemic, people might give a little, they might have a little bit, you know, less expectation of the experience because of all this other stuff around them. So, you know, you get get good service, you know, everything works. You know, if IT, you know, if the laptop doesn't work perfectly, it's not the kind of the end of the world because there are other things now outside that could mean end of the world. So, so in a way they, you know, see the big picture of, of you know, how, how critical they are. But uh, if, if an organization is not yet doing this kind of management and measuring of ex employee experience now, then, then how should they get started in your opinion? Well, I think first of all, they need to think about two things. They need to think about why they're, they're going to do this. And I think we've discussed a lot of the reasons why they should. I mean, the evidence is out there that this really does matter to business outcomes. It should have been intuitively understood for a very long time, but, like a lot of other things in business, it isn't uh, that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't care if they're happy. I just want them doing their jobs. Well, it does matter if they're happy uh, as we have discussed some of the stats that are out there and, and how uh, the, the uh, employee experience underlies the customer experience and how customer experience has been, you know, talked about and talked about recently in, in many organizations, improving that experience. Well, one way to do it, is to make sure that your employees are having a good experience and uh, as an ancillary to that, as we discussed, engaged in their work. So think about why you're going to do it, then worry about the how. And the how you're gonna do it could be a number of different ways. One of them is to have, you know, I wonder if there are any good tools for measuring it. Um, there might no be comments, some. No comments, no comments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of them might look pink at first, but you know, uh, there are good tools for measurement uh, yeah. and depending on, you know, your organizational situation, do you have a hundred thousand employees? Do you have 10 employees? Yeah. They're two different things. If you have 10 employees, maybe a question a day to each employee and keeping it in an Excel spreadsheet is adequate for you. Definitely. Uh, if you've got, you know, thousands of employees, then you really need to have a way to do it properly but also, as we know, surveys, people get survey fatigue. People uh, respond to surveys in different ways if they think it's anonymous or if they think it's not. Um, and if they suspect that it's not anonymous, that's always a problem with surveys too, right? I don't know whether I should answer this the way I really think about it or not. So think about the, that, the why first, the how second, but you have to make a commitment to do as you were just saying, you've got to make a commitment to let that information, let that data drive your decisions and make the improvements that you need to make. Uh, Vala Afshar, who's very popular on Twitter now, and I, I've known Vala for a number of years. And, and one of the interesting things that Vala said early on was, you know, feedback is a gift, unwrap it and share it with your team. That's, that's a really interesting insight and a good way to look at it. And uh, you need to share it. You need to take it as it is. Don't take it as an insult to you when somebody has some negative feedback. Take it as an opportunity for improvement. 
it's a learning or a teaching moment, as people say, right? It's yeah. a teaching moment. I was about to ask that, what, do you, what would you say to people who are afraid that let's, hey, let's first improve and then only start measuring because they might think that it's a, you know, a tool to, you know, see where we are or kind of just the point is to get a high number, but uh, that's, I going, guess, not going back point. to. Going back to Goodhart's law, right? Make yeah. the metric the goal. Yeah. Make the make that percentage number the goal. It isn't the point. Uh, and and first of all, you want to get into it early. You want to get into it before you start the improvement process because then at least you have a baseline. You can see where you are. Uh, metrics I, I always compare to uh, mile posts on the highway. You know, you're driving down the highway or kilometer posts. Sorry, uh, yeah. for you folks. But, uh, you know, there's mile 132. Making the metric the goal, you don't say I'm going to go take vacation at mile 132. You say I'm going to the lake. Well, the exit for the lake happens to be at mile 132. Okay, fine. Um, but uh, also, it, it's good to be able to look back and say, hey, look what we did. We started here. Now we're here. This is better. We're making improvement. And that, in turn has an effect on employee experience and engagement because people are feeling better, yeah. right? And then, you know, if you have it continuously all the time, uh, when these things happen like pandemic and stuff, you can you can really see the impact, like did it really have a matter? And then when you do these small things, it might be a, a thing that you don't expect to have any impact that actually has a huge impact on the experience. Mm -hmm. And you know, you, you, that's why also that you can, you can learn from it, that what actually made the impact. And I think we, we tend a lot of times to, or have traditionally uh, tended to look at things in isolation. Well, what, what's the first call resolution? Okay. But how does that play into everything else that we do? And uh, I have always described metrics as being a fabric. You pull on one thread over here and something happens way on the other side of that fabric because that thread is attached someplace yes. and has an effect on other things. And, you know, looking at the whole experience, the way we defined it at the, at the beginning here, mm -hmm. as that whole series of, of uh, interactions between someone and the organization where they work, it gives much more of a sense of that fabric and that things are much more unified than you might initially perceive if you're looking at, you know, laser focused little bits of data. Put that data in a context. It's really important. Yeah, I just had a customer webinar last week, and and one thing that they said that they they understood after a while that it's it's a the experience is a multi-dimensional thing. You need to look at from you can you can look at it from so many different angles. And like we were discussing earlier, that there are people in different positions in the organizations. They want to look at it from from that view and this view. So it's not just like one number that hey we have a satisfaction of ninety eight. It probably means that you you missed it because it's not hundred. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So, some other other topics in your your head still. Uh, yeah, of course, it's so great to talk with Roy every time. So <laughs> we got a few good content here. Yeah, you're just or, listening for now. A long time, yeah. <laughs> just enjoying. You got the <laughs> yeah, popcorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About that, yeah. I think one thing was always asked from us: just, is there any kind of a really good tips or stories, what has been done, kind of those small things that somebody did to really boost their experience, because you kind of need those good stories to really get things going in your own organization. You have shared already a couple of good stories, but 
anything else you want to share? Yeah, I, I, I would, I, I will share an experience that I had with, uh, and it's not directly relevant to this conversation, but it is in a, in a way. Um, there's a small grocery store not far from us here in South Carolina, local, not part of a chain. It's just a local grocery store, kind of small. At the beginning of uh, the pandemic, about a, probably a few weeks in, uh, we tried to do a curbside pickup at one of the big chain stores. So we went to their website, we selected our, our order, uh, we set an appointment to go pick it up. Uh, we you know, got the information and they said they were gonna text us when things are ready. So we show up at the appointed time a few minutes ahead and we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait, nothing's happening. So now I call the customer from the car, I call customer service and I said, what's going on? Well, it's not ready yet. And it, 45 minutes later, it's not ready yet. And 45 minutes after that, it's not ready yet. And I said, well, how long am I going to be out here in the parking lot waiting for this? And they said, we really don't know. <laughs> and I said, okay, then. And I canceled the order and we actually went in, we were there. So I went into the store and we did a rapid round of shopping, even though we would have preferred not to go in uh, and got that done. This little local grocery store, on the other hand, didn't even have a website when the pandemic started. They set up a website, they connected it to their inventory system. They set up a curbside pickup system where you could go pick out the goods that you wanted. And their, their very happy employees would bring it out to your car at, at the appointed time. And they were right spot on every single time. And if they didn't have something, they would call you back or text you back and say, uh, we don't have that, can, you, can, you, can we substitute this? Very so very helpful suggestions. Um, so those people were very much engaged in in doing the right thing. From the IT perspective, as I mentioned earlier, the pro providing 500 laptops in in a few days for that healthcare organization was was quite the feat, and uh, their folks were very happy about that. Uh, also, uh, so many service desk folks I've talked about have, have referred to the absenteeism issue and said it's remarkable, we sent people home and now nobody's late, nobody's absent from work, everybody's there when we need them. And they've gotten tremendous feedback from their uh, respective companies as to what a great job they did getting people up and running and maintaining their connections with work. And so one of the things that we did, didn't touch on, I think, but need, bears mentioning, and maybe this is the right time to do it, is that Feedback like that, the good stories that have come out of this whole situation provide a tremendous opportunity for IT to say, look, here's what our capabilities are. We've done a great job here and we're getting a lot of positive feedback. Help us discover what else we can do. Uh, there's a danger there, which is that people are going to let uh, expect this huge level of performance over a long period of time. And that goes back to how many hours can you work in a day, right? But also it, it puts IT in somewhat of a leadership position to say, we're not the bad guys you've talked about all these years. We're, we're a pretty good organization and we can get stuff done. And so how can we help you? So it's, it's a way to open the door with the business and get that conversation started. Um, 
Specifically, I know that several project managers have been absolutely thrilled with their IT, giving them, giving them the tools, giving them the access, connecting them with the teams they needed to talk to, keeping them in the loop as far as the information goes. It, it's, it's been an outstanding uh, result from almost every company that I've talked to. Uh, and that's great. It's absolutely great to, to see that the response has been that positive. Totally agree. Yeah, it has been enormous to see that from our data. So now, when pandemic hit after that, end users are on average six percent happier than they were before, and and that's during that enormously challenging time. So it is amazing that 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 has happened now. And I think that part of the part of the reason there is that they also realize that it's challenging for everybody. I think a lot of times people who weren't in IT didn't realize how hard the people in IT were working and trying to get things uh, accomplished and uh, weren't able to because roadblocks were put in their way, which is another thing that happened for the pandemic. A lot of those roadblocks came down. Sure. We have a policy that says you can't work from home. You can't work from home if there's a child present. You can't work from home if there's a pet present. We need you to be able to be 100% available all the time you're at home. Those policies went out the window really fast because it wasn't possible for people to do that. Uh, so the roadblocks came down and the IT people were able to be more productive because there weren't as many uh, stumbling blocks in their way. So it worked across the board to make things better. True, true. Hey, one, one kind of thinking that we have, I would love to hear your comments on that one. Because I think one additional benefit of exploring understanding the end users better for IT really is that finally IT could be a bit more proactive, not only waiting for the orders, kind of this is what we want IT now to do, but if IT can go to the business director, hey, this is what we understood from your employees and this is a problem for you, did you know? And we can help with this one. And, and that would also be one part of, of changing the reputation of IT, which as, as you referred is quite bad typically. Have you seen that kind of stories happen in real life or comments on that? I, not specifically, but I think that there, I, I have heard people that are talking about uh, their organizations saying that we have better conversations now across the organization. So, so yes, HR and IT are working together a little bit more. They're trying to understand each other. Uh, some of that has to do with the fact that their conversations are different. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. This conversation would be different if we were standing in Heathrow together. True. Uh, and and uh, that's true. Every But just getting the conversation started is, is a different thing. Oh, oh, I can just fire up Zoom or Microsoft Teams and, and meet with you face-to-face one-on-one. You, sure, you can do that anytime you want. Great. Well, that's leveraging the technology to accomplish the goal of having people talk to each other in a better way. And that's, there's digital transformation right there, right? It's having things happen in a better way because the technology is enabled. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think we have been now chatting quite a long time. And as you said, if we would be at Heathrow, we would just continue. Uh, but uh, maybe now, uh, uh, given your your background in, in all this, so, so uh, if somebody got interested and, and kind of wants to learn, uh, what is it that you can you can bring to the table for your clients? And uh, maybe 
where they can find more information if there are maybe some events currently happening, virtual ones that they can come and listen to more of more of your your stories. So. Sure. Uh, first of all, I, Clifton Butterfield concentrates on basically four pillars of any organization. Uh, coming from a background, a strong background in customer service, customer service and being focused on providing good service to a customer is certainly essential to any organization that wants to accomplish what they set out to do. That leads us to the more modern perception of customer experience. Again, all of those touch points across every interaction with the organization. How do we make that better? Customer service more focused on, okay, that person needs help. Let's give them support customer experience right across the board. So how does that customer feedback and input influence what our organization does and how we do it? Then, uh, as we said earlier, the employee experience underpins that very nicely and is a similar way of looking at the employees' interactions with the organization across the entire board. So that's three of the four uh, pillars. The fourth one is appropriate technology. So you need to have uh, the right technology. Does it have to be the most whiz-bang thing that somebody just wrote yesterday afternoon? Absolutely not. Could it be something that you already own that has capabilities that you weren't aware of? You know, I think a lot of organizations go out and buy things because they think they need a new tool when in fact, the tools that they already have could do what they needed to do. And so providing an assessment for that and, and the appropriate technology is what we focus on. Make it make sure it's the good tool that you have uh, or need to buy. So that's basically what we do from an organizational perspective. And, um, you know, I, people need help with this stuff. Yeah, so yeah. We're, we're happy to provide it. Yeah. So, yeah, if they want to contact you. So is it uh, what's the best way to to be in touch? Well, our website is at Clifton Butterfield, spelled just like it sounds. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to spell it out. ClifftonButterfield.com. Yeah. We'll so yeah, yeah. yeah, great. And uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter uh, under my own name, Roy Atkinson. Reach out to me. I'd love to connect with you, uh, have a conversation. As for events, always, they're constantly occurring. Uh, next week, service management world happens, and I have the privilege of awarding this year's Lifetime Achievement Award, uh, which I received last year uh, to the next recipient, whose name I won't mention. Yeah. And uh, so that's one event that's happening. I'm doing a webinar for ICMI this week. And there'll be, you know, there, there are events popping up all the time. So uh, catch me up on LinkedIn and exactly. uh, I'll be posting that information. Thank you so much, Roy. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk about the you know, topic we all are, are passionate about. And uh, as we say in Happy Today podcast, uh, stay happy and stay safe.